Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 55 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Chief Ray Strongbow. And I'm joined here by my affluent co-host, former market maker of 20 years and current day retail trader, a man known for furnishing only in rich white leather upholstery and rugs made of exotic mammals, a man who, if he was involved in the types of manipulations nowadays that he was in the 90s and 2000s, he'd have all the social activists and moon boys on his ass. I'm talking about the infamous gorilla of House Street, JJ. Hey, what's going on? Good. How are you doing? Doing good, man. A lot of exuberance in the air. And Happy month end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our guest today, he founded Wall Street Bets in 2012, which is a large online community which yields a commanding presence in the world of finance. It's been featured in Wall Street Journal's Market Watch, as well as Bloomberg, CNBC, Money Magazine, Forbes, Vice, Business Insider, and Fortune a forum who has been credited with taking out hedge fund Melvin Capital, making global headlines. Author of the book, Wall Street Bets, I'm talking about Jamie Ro- Rogozinski. Jamie, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Jamie, really pumped uh, that you're doing this with us, uh, especially at this timing, with everything going on. Uh, having you on you know, with my co-host, being a former manipulator, uh, who is, it seems this is who Wall Street Bets is coming for nowadays. So just to get his perspective from this too, it should be great. As a guy who started all this, Jamie, uh, seeing this grow into hedge funds getting taken down, I mean, how does this feel? What are your thoughts? You know, I'm watching this on the sidelines like a fascinated spectator, to be honest yeah. with you. It's extremely interesting. Uh, what you're seeing right now is this, this uh, organization of this massive crowd taking advantage of this this uh, asymmetry um, in money by number one, getting huge numbers of people uh, together and uh, leveraging their money using stock options, forcing the big people to make the big, uh, the big trades and essentially being able to very successfully uh, affect the prices of, of what appears to be now several different stocks. So it's, you know, it's really interesting to watch. It's interesting uh, for a million different reasons. In addition to the one I just mentioned, the, the fact that historically Wall Street's kind of the, been this elite club. If you want to participate in it, it's it's an invite only big boys poker table, if you want to put it that way, uh, where you have these big funds that you're familiar with, uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, uh, or even uh, different private funds. They, they now have a new player on the table, and this player is comprised of just millions of people and they are working as one to, to be able to compete. So it's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And I, I'm even seeing uh, Portnoy has been getting back active, uh, supporting the movement. I know that's someone you spoke with uh, previously. Uh, you know, the, this, this whole movement, Jamie, it, it sort of reminds me a little bit of online poker in like the early like 2000s to mid 2000s. There, there was a poker forum called 2 Plus 2. Shout out to them. Um, which you saw a lot of young on shot, like hot shot online players coming on who didn't really have too much respect for the old guard and vice versa. Um, and I've just seen a lot of similarities of what's going on now. And a lot of these guys went on to be the best players eventually in the world. Uh, and still, some of them still are. Uh, do you think we're going to see some traders, uh, you know, some star traders born from this era that will be long-term successful? 
I, I mean, absolutely, right? Because there's now new rules to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess unlike poker, where the games of the, sorry, the rules of the game is always, have always been established. Now this this uh, new demographic of people are, are, are allowing for a different uh, way to look at the market, right? So what do I mean is previously you have traditional uh, investors, if we want to call them that, um, that look at specific trades by saying, well, this is going to be a value investor. This is going to be a growth invest uh, investment. And this is why, and they can go at it as to who's got the better strategy. Uh, but, but nowadays you can lump those on one side, I guess put them in together as to the academic strategy. And then you have what is now the meme strategy, right? These stocks that, that people invest in because of funny pictures or videos or tweets or, uh, or just because it's fun to talk about, you know, it's funny until you realize that it's actually making uh, a huge effect on things. And we're talking about, sure, what's happening now with GameStop or, or, or whatnot. <clears throat> we also saw it last year with stocks like, for example, uh, Hertz that had gone bankrupt and the stock more than doubled because of people flocked to it. Uh, talking about yeah. uh, investors that went to the wrong Zoom, you know, when the pandemic started, everyone was starting to get locked in. They, they typed in Z-O-O-M, didn't realize they're buying the wrong, wrong Zoom. Traditional guys are sitting there going, ha, 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 you, you new kids, you don't know what you're doing. Well, those new kids that don't know what they're doing made more money than the ones that got the current Zoom, right? So what's the name of the game? It's about making money. You know, I'd hesitate to call these, these uh, this group of people traders because, you know, it's far from what you or I may consider to be trading. You know, even if you get away from the investing standpoint and you look at it, uh, uh, actual trading that you know they had also different schools of thought. You have the technical analysis, or you have the news guys, or you have the quant guys that go through statistics, and they have all sorts of different approaches to it and and methodologies that, that also have their own discipline revolving around it. Uh, these guys don't even care about that. They don't even use bar charts. They you know they literally just want to know what stock to buy next and whether it's going to go up or whether it's going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's funny. I, you know, the, the memes are obviously great, but it's like, it's like you were saying, like the, the meme stocks, it's like, I got my own like watch list now, right? It's like you, you pay attention to the meme stocks. It's like its own like little sector. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just fascinating, fascinating times. And just, just a reminder to the listeners, if you'd like to trade alongside JJ, myself and a supportive community of traders, we trade futures, equities, and options. Join us at microefutures.com. Jamie, for those not familiar with yourself or Wall Street bets, can you just give us your background in uh, finance and trading? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I started completely, uh, very much like everybody else or a lot of other people that I know of. Um, you know, I, I graduated school in uh, 2005 on university. I started a, bit of a tech business. I did really well with that. I sold that off uh, after a couple of years. You know, and during that acquisition process, there were, there were fancy words that had been used uh, that I didn't really know about. These are finance terms like, you know, stock warrants and this, that, the other. So I decided to get a little bit more involved. I also uh, started studying finance uh, on my master's. I ended up going uh, into my bank to, to buy some stocks and get my idea. But back then, you know, you had to pay $30 each way to, to, to buy stocks. Um, <laughs> And it was through like the Wells Fargo now website. Like it was nothing what it is today. And, and as years progress, probably around 2010, 2011, I really start taking an interest on in it. You know, I'm single at the time and I have a disposable income and, and uh, you have these, these uh, discount options brokers that are coming out. So, 
you know, I was looking for, for a way to risk some more of my money, of course, with the hopes of making some of that money uh, back. And yeah, that's where I started learning. I learned a ton of uh, things about the stock market, a lot about stock options, a lot about different approaches. These would be methods that you and I probably consider traditional traders. That's, that's kind of what I, what I learned. And that's pretty much where my knowledge base uh, uh, is today. It's, it's been fine-tuned along the way. Um, of course, Wall Street Bets took that and then just completely went running with that idea. And, and they've developed their entire new demographic of participants in the stock market that, that have uh, nothing to do with the other participants. Yeah. But now, Jamie, you started Wall Street Bets because you wanted a community that was more like a high variance uh, style, a high risk, high reward style. Were these traditional trading methods just that weren't really appealing to you? No, I mean, I, I had my 401k, my Roth, you know, I had, I, I had exposure to the stock market yeah. through, through my employers and things like that at the time. But, but yeah, I, I, I had no interest in uh, buying index funds and just watching it go up, you know, 0.3% one day and go down 2.2%. You know, it was much more uh, exciting. It felt like I had a lot more control over what's going on. And yeah, it was definitely more fun uh, to, to delve into this high risk, high return. I, I wouldn't do this with my kids' college funds. You know, I was doing this with money that I pretty much expected to lose and uh, did on several occasions, as probably many other people did too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, through, through this whole time period and what we were talking about, the, you know, the, these funds are getting shut down. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty obvious now, like, like these people need to be pay, like, paid attention to. Like people are seeing like, okay, what's Wall Street bets looking at right now? Uh, in your minds, what type of adjustments do you think the hedge funds are going to be making to these events? I, I'm going to start by saying, I don't know what the hedge funds are doing now, right? Yeah. It's easy to say <laughs> the hedge funds are short GameStop and they're losing their shirt. We know that Melvin's in trouble, so that one's pretty much a done deal. But that's all we know, right? <laughs> these guys have been at this game much longer than we have. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's... <laughs> You know, so what adjustments are they making? You know, I'm guessing Melvin didn't make whatever adjustments are necessary, uh, and that's where they are today. But they're they're going to have to to consider these you know 25 standard deviation moves as, as a regular occurrence induced by um, social media. Yeah, it's just it's it's just so keep using the word fascinating, but that that this is not of enough combined volume from like everybody. Uh, Wall Street bets, retail money that can affect it. I mean, we're talking about funds like, I mean, there's funds who are managing trillions of dollars nowadays. Um, it's incredible. I mean, JJ being somebody who worked on the other side of the desk, well, try and put us in some of these guys' heads if you can. Like, what do you think's going on? I know exactly what's going on under the side of the street. First thing, um, any fund manager um, that has any kind of good sense would take 20 seconds and find out that GameStop had a short position that was bigger than the float. Now, um, I've taken 200 companies public and my job was engineering short squeezes for people who wanna get out of their stock in a business that's not doing well. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. So what I would do is I would engineer a short squeeze and GameStop has had a beautiful reaction where they engineered the short squeeze, they got a fund very, very short because the fund manager, I don't know, either has a huge ego and thought he could short something where there's no supply. 
And then now we have this retail community that comes in. And in the old days, what we'd call that is the street would take it. And what happened in GameStop is a very modern, uh, beautiful way of the street taking the stock. And what happens is it happens exactly at the end of the month when market makers don't want to short too much. So that's why stocks gap because they don't want to take risk at the end of the month. So retail comes in and drives this thing up and the poor fools who are short this thing uh, with size, like some of these funds, well, you know, that's natural selection. Some of these funds don't deserve to be in business if they can't figure out not to short a stock that doesn't have supply. Even if it's in bankruptcy, like, listen, I took a company to $300 a share that made glue out of sea coral for human bones, right? And all of the stock was, you know, segregated. So I could move that company 20 or $30 a share with two grand worth of buying. So now just think about it. If you had, what did GameStop trade? $8 billion worth of dollar volume, right? If you have that kind of dollar volume coming in, to a stock that has a purposely built short position in it, basically those hedge funds that are short are kind of like a kid sitting on a you know keg of dynamite picking their teeth with a kitchen match, right? So I think it, you know I think this is really cool, and I didn't even know anything because I'm 52 years old. I didn't know anything about Reddit, but I thought, my God, what a great thing! Now the one thing I'm curious about, Jamie, is what kind of disclosure is going on there when these people are buying? Do they disclose? or Because in the old days, what we'd do is we'd have something called the Silicon Investor and the Raging Bull, which were websites. And I would pay guys to go in and get people all hyped up and say, oh, the shorts are covering our uh, cornered and this, and they're beating this company up. And then people would come in you know, to rescue and they'd buy and you'd sell hundreds of millions of shares into them. So do they have, I'm, I'm just curious, how does that work? Do you guys follow 17B? Uh, what goes on? How does that work? Kind of disclosure. What is 17B? What is 13B? What is any of these things? They have an app on their cell phone, right? Okay. And they yeah. want to buy calls because everyone else is saying it's funny. And that's it. Oh, okay. And they turn around right. and they scroll and they scroll down. They say calls because that's what they said. And they don't understand what any of these strikes and expiration. They go down to the part where they can afford it. They're like 200 bucks. I can buy that. Oh, buy okay. it. And then the application says, wait, you, you, you're about to put in a, a purchase for a call. Do you think the stock is going to go up or down just to be sure? And they have to answer with a, with a picture of a green arrow. Up. Really? That's what these kids are doing. These, they're not okay. filling out disclosure forms. Like they're not, okay. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> talking when, when they post. Like when you have a public message board where you influence people to buy, sometimes people who own a position in the company can come in there and get people all hyped up and sell their stock into retail. No, buyers. no, no. This is this is 2.0. So these guys, okay. these guys go into the stock and they literally said they'll take a picture of, of, of you know, GameStop in the mall and, okay. and they'll and they'll you know, line up a, a bunch of people standing at the front door or they'll take a selfie in front of it with a thumbs up and they'll say, okay, this is why you should buy GameStop because they're, there's the only logo sign that's still on in this mall, whatever, it doesn't matter. Or GameStop rhymes with something else. And they'll make okay. the most absurd observation ever. And they'll say, that's why you should buy it. It's an individual. It's, you know, it, it, it goes it. viral. I'm just, like I'm, just, I'm just trying to understand. Uh, yeah, institutional for... players don't, you know, they could be 
playing. We don't know who's who's behind these these user names, these anonymous username accounts. Well, it's that's what possible. I'm saying. It's I, that's what I'm saying. Possible. I, because I that, no that, it's a beautiful way to bring buying into a deal, right? Yeah, See, you know. my job was my job was to like you know you take a company public and we'd have like two three hundred million shares. You have to make a market to dispose of that into, right? So you yeah. have to bring buying, and this would be a wonderful way to create that buying. Yeah, I mean, it most certainly is a wonderful way to do it, but they'll, they'll, you know, this community will have none of it because unless you put in a funny picture uh, or, or use obscene, very uh, uh, offensive language and, you know, really get into this, this banter, um, you can do whatever you want. These companies are going to have to hire some really smart social media, you know, viral video makers you know, and it's still hit or miss. How do, how do okay. things become viral? So it's, I, uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. It's possible. It's just, right. Cause it's, when you've got you like know. $10 billion in dollar volume on the table, things don't just happen by accident, but I'm just Correct. curious. Yeah. Uh, and there is somebody who owns a convertible on this thing and they're probably just easing paper off into this flow, which is a beautiful thing. I have nothing against this. I'm just trying to understand the mechanism of how it works because I'm not familiar with it. That's all. Now, now let me let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys something because I, I uh, you know, JJ, I was talking with um, a few people in the room, and, and shout out to Jerry because he was the one that kind of brought this to my attention, mm-hmm. and uh, it helped you know help me navigate today successfully. Uh, had a you know had a good day trading. Um, that he was speculating that with all this going on, with you know Melvin Capital getting shut down, a lot of these funds were going to want to ease up on their short positions just from a risk standpoint, right? Like, let's not even risk this. And so like our strategy going into today was like, we're going to, we're going to target the high short interest stocks, high short float stocks and take them long. And now little did you know, all these things were fucking running today. Like, um, so do you, I mean, this seems like a plausible thing. Yeah. Definitely. Cause it's month end. Well, it's just, well, well just about like, I mean, what about just, just non month end being a thing? Well, then you wouldn't have as many, right? It's just because it's month end and people have to cover their short positions. They've got to pay the bar tab at the end of the month. So you're going to have much more. So it's even better for, for us as retail traders, right? Because uh, the business conditions exist that give that short position a much better chance of you know running, right? Of that stock running. Like you guys had a great day in the room today. And I think that's wonderful, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... Um... It's interesting, uh, Jamie. What, what do you think uh, about you know people saying like this is a sign, or uh, you know uh, amongst many others, uh, you know that we're at a quote unquote top. If this is a bubble, uh, you know I got I got a shit ton of people messaging me out of the blue, as I'm sure you are, JJ is, etc., asking about the markets that don't have any clue about the markets. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say? What do you think about that? You know, I have two things to say about that. Number one, people have been screaming bubbles since 2010. You know, <laughs> they had a little short, tiny bit of success last year that lasted like a month where the stocks went down <laughs> and then we're right back up, right? So, you know, 10 years of bragging bubbles, they got their little their day in the, in the limelight to finally say that they were right. So for whatever that's worth, it's much more profitable to ride the bubble up. You know, it doesn't matter. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing, like bubble is is a boomer word now. What what does a bubble mean? Like, what is this thing gonna burst? Remember when these kids open up their cell phone account and they and they buy an option? You know, they they have a choice between guessing whether the thing is gonna go up or down, 
right? They could buy a put and then they could select the big red arrow to confirm their decision. They don't care. They're agnostic as to what the markets do. What's the bubble mm-hmm. mean? It just means you got to push the other button on the on the left side of the screen. Right, right. right. You know, when the stocks did go down last year with the pandemic, they they switched to puts and they bought puts and they made money faster because you know that falls are faster, uh, and and they made a lot of it. You know, sure, people might have gotten burned during the transition, and then again when the market turned right back up, uh, but but they were making so much money they felt guilty for cheering on the you know economy going down and the unemployment numbers going up, whatever. They started donating some of their profits away. You know, it was just fascinating. And once and once that direction changed, it's like, all right, cool, now we're gonna go up again. All right, so we're all we're all bull- bullish now. Cool. All right. So now we're going with the calls, the ones on the right side of the screen. Yeah, cool. All right. So now, now I'm gonna push that button from now on to make money. They don't care. They never own the stock. They're not gonna wait for dividends on these stocks. You know, they you know people mm. saying, oh the Hertz is a terrible investment. They hold they hold hurts for <laughs> for a day, you know. I I found Dave Portnoy, uh, apparently, you know, we know whatever he was doing last year. At one point, he bought some huge amount of stock in some smallish company, uh, and the CEO found out about this to the point where you know he had a sizable percentage of the company. So the, the CEO was trying to get a hold of Dave uh, to to say thank you and to present themselves and well, let me tell you about this wonderful company, this product line, and what we're doing. And it's just you know, I just wanted to st- you know, this personal kind of touch to this. And it took him a couple of days to get a hold of Dave. By the time he got a hold of Dave, he said, yeah, is this Dave? yeah. So he's the CEO of whatever company it was. Oh, nice to meet you. Hey, listen, thank you for buying the company. Uh, here's what I have to say. And Dave stopped and said, oh, I dumped that stock like four hours later. I made a ton of money. Thank you, Mr. CEO, right? Like that was it. He just had it for a little bit and he liked it, you know, most likely because they delivered his dog food. I have no idea. That's what these people are doing at this point. What what what's a bubble mean? A bubble means we're going down now. All right, cool. And if you want to say, well, sometimes the market goes sideways. Well, there's a button for that too. You know, yeah. they just need to know what mode we're in, and that the actual value of these stocks is meaningless to them because they're holding them overnight. The expiration dates on these options are a week at most. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're indifferent. Right, for sure. No, I love it as as me and JJ are as well, like in, in, in our trading, it's like, you know, it's like, we're not marrying these things. Uh, I, I think, you know, what, what would you say, you know, to, I think this has obviously drawn a lot of attention to like the newer traders. Uh, and I know not everyone on wall street bets is like this, right. Cause I know there's a lot of good information that I like, you know, I, obviously like I go on there, I monitor it and actually I pick up a lot of good things on there, but you know, you get people on there who are very like high risk, YOLO trades, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maybe just speak to risk management for maybe some of the newer people who are, you know, maybe don't have the money to just gamble it up or trying to take this like serious. I mean, risk management, that's, that's a word that I learned back when I was learning the trade. All right. That's an important one for anybody in this industry, but it's certainly not a word in these people's vocabulary because they're just looking at this as an expense is how much, how much is this ticket costing me for this lottery? This ticket costs 500 bucks. Sure. I'll pay for it. And so that risk, whatever you want to call it, like that, that $500 is, they're not expecting that money back. Okay. They're buying this ticket. They're saying, have my money, right? That's what I can afford. If I don't have $500 and I have $300 and I have to go further out of the money or closer to the expiration date until I can afford that lottery ticket. And sure, that lottery ticket has worse odds, whatever. Uh, they're cool with it. They're like, I'm done with this. And, and that's the end of the day. You don't see them mortgaging their house, you know, to, to buy you know, calls that expire in two hours. That's, that's not what they're doing. 
it's unlike the gold rush whenever that took place people are like oh my life is going to change i'm going to leave my life behind and move and take my family to there and that's a risk that these people are taking with the expectation of a better lifestyle these guys are hoping for a better lifestyle some of the some of them are certainly making a ton of money and are actually achieving it most people are most likely losing it let's be fair to each other it's easy to spot out the the, the loud ones that made money but most of them probably losing money but then they go back to, the, to their job the next day, you know, sit at their office and wait for the next paycheck and pay their bills and whatever's left over, they get to play again. And that's, there's no risk in this particular scenario. Um, you know, of course, uh, that's if we leave out this whole infinite leverage, having accounts that end up in the negative, that's, that's, that's its own category. Right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, no, and like what you're describing to me, Jamie, is actually right, quote unquote responsible gambling right like we're not gambling with money we can't afford to lose uh so that's good so just out there just don't, don't get over leveraged don't you know bet more than you can afford to lose and I, I love even like the whole you know bets wall street bets obviously like i i uh jamie i come from a gambling background i was a poker player first before getting into trading and i remember listening to like you and dave and like how dave was talking like saying like oh wow this is even better than sports gambling like this is the this is the world's greatest uh casino was it was this something you like had in mind when you started it or it was just like the name you came up with it was i mean absolutely part of the inspiration was is i was learning about these things very specifically i remember uh about etfs and these exotic synthetic etfs that are leveraged on you know these these abstract volatility products like i was fascinated by the fact that you look up a ticker symbol for this thing and you click buy and then you have shares and something right and behind the scenes, that's something that I've owned is this insanely complicated web of counterparty parties and synthetic matching of things. And, you know, <laughs> I, I was baffled by it. And, and, and it just shows up as a ticker, UVXY, whatever. Um, you know, that to me said, this, this is a casino. They just packaged up a nice little, little uh, lottery ticket to sell over the counter to whoever Joe Schmo. They can put in a typo into this. In fact, Tesla has another company that's like TLSA on company, but they're doing just as good as Tesla is. Like they've been matching their pricing. <laughs> you know the the uh, you know the, the the fact that this was to me uh, to some extent the casino. Yeah, people have been calling Wall Street a casino since I, I wrote this book uh, published last year, and, and as part of my research, the furthest back that I could go uh was in the mid 70s right i saw newspaper articles that were referencing wall street as a casino so i'm guessing that it's always there right i've read all the big trading books that, that i'm sure you guys have read uh, as well reminiscence etc like those people were making references as well so that's not a new thing um uh but i certainly wanted to go ahead and be un unapologetic about the name you know the, the other places that existed at the time i was let's go to this investing community or training community or forex community like really formal uh, and, and I would be shunned away because I'd say, hey, what do you guys think of Netflix earnings? Can we put in a little bet there? Uh, you know, people know, well, yeah, I wouldn't bet you money in there because, you know, according to these numbers, their viewership is going down. Their EBITDA has these tax implications of whatever. And, uh, and so I, I, I didn't have a place to go. So I say, I'm going to make a place whose name is going to automatically reject anybody who's not all about taking risk and understand that I'm cool with losing my money. You go to the casino, you don't get mad because you lost. I mean, you right. can, I guess, but you don't go with the expectation that you better win. Uh, and, and, you know, so I came up with that name, the wall street bets, wall street is a casino. So very much it was by design. Uh, and it had the uh, intention of, of scaring away any 
critics that might look at the activity that takes place on the forum as being too risky. Right, for sure. Right. One moment. Let me just interrupt one quick sec. Here's what I like about that. It's truthful, right? Which in this industry is rare because we never tell the truth. So that's really truthful. It's Wall Street bets, bet money that you can afford to lose. And it's, there's no, there's no, you know, it's, it's very truthful about, you know, this is what it is. You bet you win you or you lose and that's it. I like that. You know, and it's, it's more than that. Like I get, I get a lot of questions uh, and I always have along those lines about why do people brag about their losses, right? That's something you get to see a lot on Wall Street Bets. You see the wins all the time. You're looking at all these people making bank on, on GameStop, but you see big losses too. Um, yeah. And the question is, why do you see that? And, and it goes to that same question. Wall Street Bets is popular in large part because of the refreshing honesty, this unapologetic refreshing honesty where they say, look, I'm not going to show you pictures of my Ferrari and whatever, you know, yeah. I made money today or I lost money today. Sometimes, it, you know, people post their, their trades ahead of time. Sometimes they do it after the fact. Sometimes they do it live on YouTube. Uh, and, and it's very entertaining to watch. But there's this camaraderie where they're like, yeah, this is not an act. We know every seasoned professional ever, unless you like the medallion fund from Remsom Technology, you've lost money in this business, period. Of course. It doesn't matter. So, so the fact that you only get to hear about these big wins or whatever, you never get to be exposed to the real side of it, that makes – uh, that makes conversation a lot more honest. And it also mm-hmm. lends itself to these conversations. We're like, well, now that we're telling the truth, I don't really care about the stocks. I don't know what a 10K is. I'm just going to buy the stock because the car has a ludicrous button on it. And that's it. Boom. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, I think that's like one of the, the big drivers of this movement is the, like the, the honesty, the transparency that is not always prevalent on JJ's side of the street. Hello. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, it's given the, like the little guy, it's like, you know, there's, there's more of us than of guys on the other side of the desk. And I think it's like, it's a real, I mean, you can see everyone is so like hype. Like everyone is so like, it's like such a unified uh, front right now. It's uh, well, now whether it stays you know? that way, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, right, right now they're all happy because they're like all sitting around the craps table. They're all yeah, hit yeah you know, winning. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's so that's the part of we're watching right now. Things change yeah. a little bit as soon as it changes, but you know, it's 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 a good group. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's cool. I think I think it's good. And, and as an old guy, I think there's a lot of us old guys that get pissed off that when young people make money, and I'm completely, I'm like, I think it's great that young people are making money, right? I have nothing against that because that's when you're supposed to have money. What good is it when you have a walker, right? You know, <laughs> make the bank now, go out and blow it. Have a good time. Yeah, have and, some fun. And, and not only that, yeah. like there's there's a social component of this. And this is, once again, it was a topic in my book that I said, well, how did we get here? And, and to some extent, it had very much to do with, all right, well, let's take it. Let's start by identifying who's doing this, right? And so I, I proposed that it was the millennials that were doing it. Now it's most definitely on millennials as well as the, the Zoomer generation, Generation Z, and maybe some Generation X, who knows. But, but uh, I said, this is the group. These are the ones that are doing this. And why are they doing it? Well, you know, what did they grow up on? And I myself am a millennial. I'm going back. Like, All right, so I lived the dot-com bubble, you know, the 90s uh, situation. I lived the 2008. I saw what the crisis did. But a lot of these kids uh, were going to college at the time. We got to see their parents' house go upside down. All because of these Wall Street things and these fancy mortgage-backed security derivative of I don't know what with them, you know, uh, <laughs> just too complicated stuff. And the next thing you know, they're out, they're, they're out on Washington, they're pickets and, and saying, please stop this, please stop this. It's not fair with the banks. 
you know, and, and of course, making reference to Occupy Wall Street, you know, it's a noble idea and I get why it is the 1%, the 99%, whatever it is. There's a reason for that and that mistrust in, in the financial system. You get all, all these uh, pop culture references, you get movies that come out, you get these big stories, you get the Wolf of Wall Street, you get all sorts of uh, pop culture situations where they're minimizing the seriousness, the eliteness of this establishment, this financial establishment. So these kids go, all right, well, if you can't, if you can't beat them, let's go ahead and join them. I'm definitely not putting my retirement in that thing they call the stocks. I saw what happened to my parents. You know, I'll give it to my advisor and he'll diversify it into whatever the different asset classes and a little bit of precious metals goes away. Now, someone else will handle that side of it, but I'm not putting my money in that because I saw what everyone else went through. But that thing's still moving around. I check it out every day and those prices move up and move down. And apparently you can make money through that. Yeah, you know, these companies that are behind it, they're great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time to read about the company. I just see that that thing is flying off the charts. So, so their first day into Wall Street when they open these bank accounts is not how am I going to retire when I'm 65 years old with my white picket fence? That's not what they're thinking. They're like, dude, I got bills to pay. I would love to be able to pay off my, my student loan. Like 50 grand is all that I need. You know, hey, buddy, buddy. And they just roll the dice and, and they hope for the best. And a lot, of, a lot of them are doing it. A lot of them are losing money, but it's, it's this attitude where like Wall Street's not a serious establishment. It's clearly never been one and it clearly never will be one. That's not that I agree with that. That's their perspective. That's the way they're walking into this when they're opening up their confetti animation on their cell phone. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. Well, well, Jamie, I got a, uh, I asked for a bunch of listener questions. So I got a bunch, a lot of people. We're on live? Huh? No, no, no. no. I, got oh, right. I got it before we got on air. Now I got, you know, to, to, to the listeners who asked about specific stocks, I wasn't going to ask that, right? We're not giving no buy uh, recommendations or hold. We're not doing none of that. Um, so I'm not asking none of those, but I got a bunch, uh, Jamie. So we'll try, we'll try and run through these quickly. Um, so I don't, I don't even know if how, if you can answer some of these, but I'm gonna ask them anyway, we'll go through it. So, uh, how how many female traders does Jamie think are active in the subreddit? You know, I, uh, I've had to address this question a lot of ways. Um, once again, I'm no longer on the uh, moderator of uh, Wall Street Bets, but up until last year when I was trying to figure that out, Red doesn't give you those statistics, but I do have a real active Twitter account and YouTube channel, all sorts of different things. And those people do give you the metrics. And, and yeah. to, my, to my recollection, it was 92% males, 18 to 35. This was last year. This was a year ago. Um, I don't know what it is today. I have to go back in and check it out. My guess is that it's more diversified. I'm going to bump that. I still think it's probably in the minority, but based off of my followers on, on Twitter and the types of uh, feedback that I'm getting there, I think there's, there's more female that are, uh, you know, more females that are getting into this. And also they're out, outside of that generation. I think we're getting older uh, uh, people as well. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would tend to agree with that. What do you think, Jay? It seems like we've been seeing more women traders lately, no? Yes, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's really all right. When I, I started on the trade desk, I was trained by a woman. So I, you know, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So Jamie, um, next question. Uh, what do you, th- I get the, the question was, uh, are you worried about any repercussions from the SEC? I know that was, wouldn't involve you, but I guess just generally, generally speaking, what, what do you think the SEC is doing? And is there anything they can do about this? Oh, bite. Uh, uh 
when I was moderator of Wall Street Bets, oftentimes there were rumors that the SEC shutting it down the subreddit would go private for unrelated reasons and people would speculate. Uh, I was never once contacted by the SEC, ever. Um, you know, everything that we did uh, was, is, to the best of my knowledge, perfectly not only legal, but also complied with regulatory um, uh, rules, I guess, that we had in place. We, we had situations that were clearly illegal, people that never find it out at the light of day. We have people that posted insider information. They would link these uh, Tor Onion sites. Uh, people would, would attempt to make pump and dump schemes. People did try to break the law. Nobody found out about it because that's part of what a moderator does, um, among other things, is, is to make sure that things stay clean. Um, you know, some, sometimes things would be super interesting, this infinite margin thing, obviously not against the law, somebody's getting screwed or whatever. So we'd let that fly because it's, it's, it's fair game, it's freedom of speech, so let's not get into that. We, we did get into a situation last year with um, lumber liquidators where uh, a person or a group of people pulled off this exact same maneuver, right? You can look it up in the press. There was uh, coverage about that at the time. They found this low uh, cap or mid cap stock, uh, heavily shorted. They you know, with relatively low volume, then went after the, the out of the money call options with the short expiration, triggering the bots to do delta hedging, eventually do the gamma hedging, etc. cetera. Uh, so they did that and I learned about this and we put a stop to that. Shortly after that, you know, I brought in a moderator that, that, that dissected the, the, that particular maneuver and he said, all right, no more stocks under 10 bucks or under a billion dollar market cap, whatever. Some of the rules we kept private so that we wouldn't give away the formula. Uh, why, why did I do that? Because I wasn't about to flip the coin. I don't know whether it's legal or not. It's certainly a gray area. It's certainly no precedent. Nothing like this has ever happened before. So you can't look at some previous case as an example. It doesn't exist. You cannot make comparisons. This is a brand new situation. Uh, and I realized that. So I said, I'm not going to risk it. You know, this community is too cool. You know, so what if they're going to miss out on some, some interesting situation? Now I'm no longer in it. Now I'm watching it as a passive observer, you know, uh, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I don't envy anybody in anything that has to play any part in the situation. I do not envy the SEC. I do not envy FINRA. I do not envy the, the, the moderators of Wall Street Bets. And I don't uh, envy Reddit, the company that hosts uh, the subreddit. They're all in a really sticky situation. I don't know, you know, I asked myself, what would happen if, if some of the moderators were we're also trading some of these stocks, right? That, that those questions end up being really different that when an individual has a stock, because the moderators have the ability to control uh, the, the conversation to some extent, you know, they can do so by, by limiting certain types of conversations or encouraging others, I guess, although that's not ever been their style. Um, they certainly can decide what, what goes through. They're the gatekeeper. So that, you know, I'd be worried if, if, if that was the situation, uh, you know, the SEC has a headache on their hands. They, you know, I've seen some of this coverage uh, towards disclosure, like JJ was making uh, reference to earlier. Uh, not only the rule that you referenced, but some other um, disclosure rule. I also well, saw. Yeah. Sorry, that uh, just means all that means is if I have, um, if, if I'm getting paid by someone who owns stock that's got gotcha. to it. Yeah. I have yeah, to yeah, disclose. Yeah. You have to Listen. disclose you're getting paid. Yeah, yeah there was an additional all. one. There's an additional disclosure rule for saying if I take a certain stake in a company, I also need to. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've seen those both of those statutes be discussed, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere um, because nobody there is getting paid. 
at least I don't think so. There's too many people and it's just not, not a viable strategy for any company, even though it might sound smart in retrospect in uh, trying to do that ahead of time is a near impossible task. It's, and, and it's not an organization that they can file this disclosure of buying such a large quantity of stock. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of kids, right? So those, I don't think, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, I, but I don't see those catching new tractions. The other conversations that I've been seeing uh, online in the different forums are the pump and dump and the, the fraud, you know, the misinformation. It doesn't seem to be much of the case on the misinformation. I don't see anybody saying GameStop's a great company. Right. Uh, so so they're, they're pretty open about the fact that they're pumping this thing and they're happy that they're not going to over hedge funds. Like that, that's perfectly legal as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. I, I, you know, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, and then the other one, when it comes to manipulating the market attention, you know, if you want to unload your stock, if you have shares in something and you try to, 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 to pump this, this price up so that you can dump them on somebody, an unwitting investor, like, there's no unwitting participants in this situation. They all know that they're going to lose their money. It's musical chairs and they're having fun <laughs> playing musical chairs and they know the balls of the music's going to stop at some point. And then whoever's left holding the ball at that point, like, that's fine. That, that they understand the rules of the game. There's no, there's no suckers getting sucked in. Surely, I can't speak to everybody. I've been, most likely, there are some people that, that don't fall into that category. But even if they manage to get over that, they, they, they then have to go after uh, the, the, the sheer quantity of people that are involved in this. You know, there's mm-hmm. two million people that are subscribed to it. The fact is, uh, there's most likely much more, many more people involved with this. You know, once again, when I was there, we'd get uh, we had like one million subscribers. You know, we'd get five million unique visitors a day. I forget how many unique visitors a month, but it was an astounding number. And it was nothing close. You have to register a Reddit account. You have to log into the thing. You have to click the submit. You know, a lot of people, most people don't even do that. Uh, so, so there's too many people to investigate. So I don't envy them, you know, and then I don't envy Reddit because they have to deal with this whole section 230 thing. Like, like if, if regulators come in and say to them, Hey, your people are misbehaving. You got to do something about it. And Reddit dips their hand into that, and they say, "Okay, fine, we're going to do something about it." Even if it's like I'm removing those moderators, or I'm changing enforcement rules, or something more active, like I'm going to put my own moderators in there. Then, you know, then they're 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 starting to blur the lines between being an editor, being a contributor, and just being a tech platform and say, "Well, I don't know, you know, I'm not aiding and abetting anything. I'm just, you know, doing what you say." Uh, it's 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 a sticky all around. So I know that's a long winded answer, but. Um, mm-hmm. It's a complicated topic. It is, and it's it's a good question, good answer too, because we're, you know, we we're moving into a different time in the world, and things are changing. So, you know, compliance and those are they're gonna have to they're gonna have to groove with and move with the changes and move with the times. You know? Yeah, you know, and I, I saw a quote as part of my research at one point where they they were trying to go after. I'm sure you might you guys might run this some flash crash uh, some years ago that was caused by some kid doing spoofing, you know, on yeah, sing now. This, right? so, the vendor sing song. That, that guy. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, when they're talking about the regulators trying to go after whatever, there, there was a huge quote where they said, that, you know, the, the regulators uh, are, are trying to chase after a Ferrari from their bicycle. You know, they, exactly. they're, they're behind and they, I don't know that they need to, you know, catch up with the times. Look, this is, yeah totally different landscape that, that we're working with at these points. Well, uh, the know, other thing too is Nav, Nav was a, every time there is a time in history where finance does something a little different, uh, be it junk bonds, right? So they had like, just like they hit Bilzerian for stock parking, 
uh, Boski for junk bonds, Sing Saro for spoofing. There's always some got one guy that they've got as a scapegoat, right? The entire industry is doing it, but one guy gets nailed, right? I mean, look at the mortgage crisis. Only one person actually got criminally charged, right? So the whole industry, and I know because my whole job, you know, since 1993 was to know the rules and find ways around them, right? So yeah, it's, uh, and this is a really fascinating time. That's why I'm fascinated by this whole thing because I didn't even know what you guys were. You know, I just see all this retail and I'm like, oh my God, look at all this retail. Isn't this beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And because I'm a liquidity guy, right? And, uh, you know, the more people come to the party, the better, you know, because I like liquid markets. Yeah. Yep. And 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 for our listeners out there, Bill, Bill Zarian, we're talking about Dan's dad. Yes, uh, the original Bilzerian. Look him up. You guys don't know. Real. Yeah, I, fo- I follow. I follow Dan Bazilian on Instagram. That guy's got some great, a great. Beat. I mean, his 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 chat <laughs> was. You know, he was yeah. one of the first. Uh, you know, raiders out there. You know, he did Singer and he did uh, a bunch of those deals, man. And yeah, and they nailed him for something that that people do every day, right? I think they finally got him for stock parking. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they always try and have one poster boy um, that they can blame and make the bad guy of the whole thing. Whereas, like, there's 3000 guys doing it. Right. But, you know, oh, we need a sacrificial lamb, you know, throw him to the wolves. Right. right. Oh, looks good on the paper. OK. You know. Yeah. Um, All right. All right, well, I mean, but, but even even that, if you want to talk about trial by media or trial by public, by jury, by public. That's even difficult. Like, who are you going to put on there? There's way too many people for you know. Before exactly. you get any ideas, I yeah. got nothing to do with this. I <laughs> it you know, I've been I've been out of this game for for a I'm while. But, you know, it's it's going to be difficult to find that one guy that to, to take the fall. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Look, it can play out a lot of different ways. You know, things might just fizzle down. Maybe the regulators don't have anything that viable to come up with, and and uh, as the cycle always takes place on. on these uh, types of issues, it'll fizzle away, and that's that. Or, you know, on the other hand, maybe we'll have something that's a little less anticlimactic. Who, who knows? Right, right. Who knows? Well, like you said, we'd hate to be those guys, honestly. Uh, Jamie, yeah. next question. Uh, do you see this as just being like maybe just like a current trend, or do you think this movement has lasting power? Movement. Uh, interesting word. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that it's a movement yet. It might turn into one, you know, it's, these kids wanted to make money. I don't think they got together one day and said, Hey, how can we knock over a hedge fund? Oh, I think we can do it this way. And, and then, and then they pull this, this huge conspiracy. I think they got into this thing. Like they always do, you know, they try to make some money and they're trying to have fun making some money. And it turns out along the way, they're getting a lot of traction for this. And it turns out a lot of way along the way, they knock the hedge fund. So, of course, they're going to hold hands and cheer and say, look what we've done. Now that turns into a movement at that point. I don't think they have the, the organizational structure to be able to put something so elaborate together. Uh, but, you know, but we'll see what turns into it. There's certainly a lot of language that's starting to resemble a movement, but I don't know what the end game would be. What are you trying to do? Knock all the hedge funds down? Guess what? They're the ones usually on the other side of the tree, right? We all need to play poker. You can't just take out some players and shoot them in the head and still play poker. Like, so that's not going to happen. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I, I struggle with the question just on, on the premise of that there's a movement. Uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're trying to make money. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's funny. No, I mean, some people are like, uh, like, yeah, like we're knocking out all the hedge funds. We're coming for you guys. And yeah, then what? I wonder what's like, like, uh, what's uh, Larry Fink thinking right now? Like, I just think, well, what are some of these guys really thinking? Are they laughing? Are they taking this serious? It's, you know. I know what they're thinking. They're trying to think how they can get those people's money. Yeah. So they're going to be tailoring their advertising to that demographic because they're asset gatherers and they need to have money coming in every month, like waves of the ocean. For sure. And, and what I've, what I've seen JJ, and I don't think this is purposeful. I'm, I could be wrong, but Kathy Woods, right. Of our capital mm -hmm. seems like wall street bets is all behind her. Right. I mean, she, you know, they love like uh, Elon, like all her, you know, everything she's involved in, she's heavily in the space sector. Right. I think she's bringing that space. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if we see these guys starting to like leverage, this right is obviously a lot of buying power a lot of volume coming from this There's a ton of buy i mean be nice to yeah. them right you know <laughs> all behind her in all her plays yeah. lately yeah. you know and i mean i know she's the hot name too in the market right now but all right yeah. what's the next question all right uh jamie uh it's kind of a long one uh why does the subreddit promote shorting a financial instrument as some sort of bad thing uh, this way they give the retail traders a cause to rally against some common big evil would they explain in their Reddit group, that shorting is just the other side of a trade transaction. Uh, you know, I'm guessing whoever posted that question is really new to the subreddit. Um, if, if, if he feels like people are trash talking short uh, sellers, it's most likely because right now they're trashing short sellers. You know, go back, go back to, to last year and, and you'll find out that there was a completely different mindset uh they were all about the shorting back then you know it's 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 they're they're participating in the market they're having fun with this you know they're making a bet and then they're cheering each other it's like when you're watching a football game on tv you know you're screaming at the guy that's a penalty that's a foul whatever you know, come on ref you have to kick him out of the game and the other guy's no it wasn't you know it's the line. <laughs> that's what's taking place on the subreddit right now they're all just kind of rallying you know this is the first time that everyone's kind of speaking in unison there seems that to be homogenous agreement that, that going long is the way to go uh that's not always the case sometimes everyone's on board with shorting and sometimes it's it's in the middle somewhere uh usually when there's transitions in the market that's, that's been trending for a while uh th th that's just the topic du jour you know go back and you'll struggle to find somebody that spoke highly about a bowl you know back in march 2020 uh, uh you know that, that it's it's Welcome to Wall Street Bets. I suppose you have to spend some more time to really get a hang on the, yeah, on the community. For sure. Bringing it back to kind of like the topic of uh, transparency, uh, this next question is about uh, Chamath. And I, I guess he went on CNBC. I don't know if you got to see him speak on CNBC. And I guess in essence, the question is, is saying that he spoke to like that why this movement is being successful is because of the transparency, whereas hedge funds, there is no transparency. Um, is, is this, do you see this the same way? What, what is he talking about? I mean, I, <laughs> I think people are putting so much more, so much complexity into it. I mean, I can understand why he would say that. He's an activist, social right. capital. You know, I, I, get, I get that question coming out of him. Now it, it makes sense for him to say something like that. Uh, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it's like asking a kid whose parents dressed, dressed him for school that day. And then the teacher asked him why he put on blue shorts. You know, it's like the kid's like, I don't know what you thought. I just got to school, dude. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to make some money. 
Right. You know, the, 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 if you're looking from a sociological perspective of what this impact of the profound transparency things of stuff, like funds are transparent. I don't know what he's talking about. Funds disclose what they do to their shareholders. They have to, right? Like, uh, you know, and, and where's the transparency in, in, in Reddit? You know, you have individuals that are saying, I'm doing this. You know, there's no legal proof uh, there's, there's no way to hold somebody accountable on a legal standpoint that, that, that what they said is the truth uh you know you can pretty much infer that they're telling the truth when you see what's happening to the stock market the stock prices then yeah if everyone's saying they're buying uh, GameStop and this stock is doing what it is you can pretty much guess that that's taking place but i i don't know i i find the relevancy really kind of tricky in this situation and i'm really having trouble um drawing this distinction between them and us and transparency and funds and not like it's, it's all the same people all do the same freaking thing. You know, it just so happens that these guys are all under a different name. You have gold, Goldman Sachs and you have wall street bets and that's it. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> let, let me just, let me just interject really quickly. If the stock market was truly a transparent place, the general public would have access to DTC sheets from each company which is what is called a security position report. If the tr stock market was truly a transparent place, you would be able to see where stock is located in the system. And that really determines a lot on how it trades, believe it or not. But that sort of thing is opaque and most people don't even know what a DTC sheet is, but that's okay. So that's what I'm saying, you know, that, that whole transparency thing for you guys, they can't, they can't hold you to a higher standard than themselves, right? Is what I'm yeah, and it's it's like, but, but what's the trend? Are you literally going to take the word of a kid that posted, you know, a, 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 a TikTok video dancing <laughs> around in their Tesla? Like, is that considered disclosing of my? Is that transparency? It's, yeah. Right? Like, so if that's the case, and I guess he's got a point. I, you know, it's it's. I think what he probably meant, and I did not see that quote, so so perhaps I'm not doing it justice. My guess is this is most likely looking at it from the perspective of. This is turning the shifting power from Wall Street to Main Street. This is allowing people uh, to, to, to be in control of their own money. You know, Dave Portnoy uh, repeats this frequently too. He goes, well, I, I'm happier losing my own money than have a fund lose it for me, right? And like, he's been very open on days that he lost money. He said, well, at least it was me that lost it. You know, it wasn't some other dude that I was paying commissions for it. I think it's I think it's more towards that side where it's like, look, you're you're at least controlling it this time. Last time that these things crashed, somebody else was driving. Now now it can crash, but it's up to you. Right, right, all right. Uh, two more questions. Wrap it up. Uh, what are some good resources for newer traders to utilize to start getting an edge in the smaller cap markets or in any of the markets in general? Skip. Okay, knowing the <laughs> various personal missions and motives we all have. One glaring one is sticking it to the shorts. Uh, do those who have taken advantage of many for so long, thoughts on the potential of seeking a challenge in silver and taking on JP Morgan's perpetual short position? What's wrong with, like, what? Like, I don't understand this, 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 I, and I haven't been exposed to it, honestly. Perhaps that's why I'm, this is the first time that I've heard this attitude of like, oh, let's stick it to the shorts. Like, I've heard that thing be used before and they're trying to kill shorts. Sure, that's fine. Like, uh, you know, what are shorts? You know, they're just not even the other side of the trade. I would, I would argue that it's it's it's, its own trade. It's short, it's short position. It serves its own purpose. You have you need to have participants in the market. You need the liquidity in order to get the price discovered. Like, it's all part of the process. 
what 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 are shorts you know like uh, perhaps it doesn't register anymore to me because this system is such an arbitrary fluctuating number of things that bounce on a screen and numbers and they have no relevance to society like to, 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 to real life if i say let's short something let's say that i want to short something for my 401k i said no you can't short something for it's against the rules you know you can't all right cool fine so i'm going to go long an inverse etf on the S&P with double X leverage. Now what? Oh, I'm long, right? I'm long. Yeah, but or yeah. I'm long, or I'm long a put, right? Like, what does short yeah. even mean? It's it's exactly. it's a strange question, you know. Uh, at least JJ, you'll know this better than me. When I started, there was something that was called an uptick rule. I guess it might not be there anymore, but short positions couldn't even actually hurt the price of whatever they're shorting because of the exactly. Set up so okay. if if I, if I got this correctly, yeah, now they can finally affect the price. But the real people that were affecting prices Listen. historically were, were sellers of the owners of the stocks. They're, you know, exactly. They hit the market sell, market sell. That's right. what drops the price. Period. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Okay, when you have 300 million shares of stock to dispose of in a market, it's always wonderful to have a short seller that you can blame it on, and then you can sell the stock and blame the short seller instead of the insiders actually getting rid of their investment into the retail flow. So, you know, short sellers have always been blamed for, it's just another trading strategy, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it is, right? And now after regulation SHO, where you actually have to borrow shares to short them, right? There's so much less shorting going on. And really, they have, they're really not that many big short sellers left because this market has just ground them into the dust, into the dirt. You know, because there's no supply. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like we we've been talking about this for a long time now, Jay. Right? Just just the the resiliency of this market and just how hard it is to short. But Jamie, that's going to wrap it up for the listener question. So that's going to include today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed the show, please rate and review it for us. If you want to learn market auction theory, market profile, if you like to trade futures, trade equities, and or options, join JJ and I at microefutures.com. Jamie. Tell the people where they can find you. Anything else you want them to know? Uh, yeah, I guess you can find me on on Wall Street Bets. I'll spell it out on Twitter. Uh, you can look up my book, I guess, on Amazon. It's uh, Wall Street Bets, How Boomers Made the World's Biggest Casino for Millennials. And uh, uh, that's about it. Awesome. Good stuff. JJ, parting words. Thank you very much for uh, the information and opening my eyes and educating the old the old crew. Uh, you know, thanks for coming by. Really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, appreciate you having me on and very timely. So, for Jamie Rogozinski, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla of House Street. Make sure you're using stop, so. <laughs>